What's up? Hi, Castleberry. Castleberry Elementary is the best school in the world. Happy Halloween! Go Panda! What's up, podcast listeners? It's Andy and Drew. We are back for episode number 92 of the What's Up Castleberry podcast. We are so glad you're here with us today. Welcome to the show. Andy, glad you're here, my friend. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm super excited about our show. I was motivated by last week's show and how good that was. And we want to make this one even better. And I think we've got a guest who will add so much value today. And I can't wait to share our conversation with Dr. Mia Coleman, the principal at our local school, South Seminole Academy. So I'm jazzed. Yes, that is a good teaser. We are looking forward to our conversation with Principal Coleman. Andy, you and I were out and about previous to this recording, part of the big community Halloween event, Spooktoberfest. Uh, Halloween has now come and gone since this recording will go live. How's your voice? How you how you doing? Are you over Halloween? You're probably sick of me bringing it up every year. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate your concern. I think there are two questions that, you know, someone of my age needs to ask after Halloween. One, how's your voice? And secondly, how's your blood sugar level as well after mm, yes. all the candy? I think my blood sugar is... Uh, uh, is doing okay. I've uh, tried to abstain from the candy, but yeah, my voice is a little bit sore. Like you mentioned, we had the Spooktoberfest. We were both there representing, and I was honored to be the MC. Uh, it was about an hour and a half of nonstop talking into a microphone, engaging with kids, making stuff up at the, on the spot. And it was uh, honestly pretty mentally exhausting. And my voice was a little bit sore, but I still had to get up and preach the next morning. And then what really killed my voice was that evening I had a soccer game to go to with Orlando City and the referee wasn't that good. And I found myself yelling at the referee. So after the Spooktoberfest <laughs> preaching and yelling at a referee, uh, my voice was done. So. So I did have a couple of quiet days after that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make the joke that I, you said 90 minutes on the microphone. I assumed that's, that's how long you preach normally. Isn't it 90 minutes yeah. or so? Yeah. Yeah. On a short Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a great job. Uh, sincerely uh, speaking of principal Coleman, she was uh, one of the judges there along with Dave Henson, our mayor and uh, Mallory Lambert, the Castleberry elementary uh, principal. And, and that was really fun watching the different families and individuals go through I thought, in my humble opinion, the, the little girl, listener, this girl could not have been more than about three years old. She had a perfect Cruella de Vil costume from the, the latest Disney movie, Cruella, that she had the hair, she had the full length dress, the, the jacket, the whole thing. It was it was awesome. But lots and lots of fun and, and interesting costumes. And it was great for our community to be out again, right? I think we probably had at least 1,000, 1,500 people there kind of milling through. And it was another sign that that we're kind of coming out of COVID and things are getting back to normal. I did learn some, some stuff about myself. A couple of things. One, oh, yeah. I'm older than the parents of a lot of the kids who, who were in the Halloween contest. So I found myself saying, oh, like, who are you? And they'd say, oh, this show. And I'd like, oh, yeah, probably I should have known that, but I'm so out of touch right now. And the other thing I realized was that I have some different thoughts on this kind of spooky, scary world. And there's just a lot I don't understand. I think last week we said we're not really big fans of horror movies and things like this. But there was one girl, she came up, she was like seven or eight. And, uh, you know, I said, you know what, what, what are you? 
from? And she said, oh, I'm, I'm one of the characters from The Purge. I'm like, Purge? Isn't that an R-rated movie? <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that out loud, but I was I was thinking about it. And I, I realized that as I get older, I get a little bit out of touch. So I'm yeah. looking forward to working out how I can connect a little bit more with, with those of a different generation. That's okay. I, I don't think you need to, to binge watch The Purge or the <laughs> subsequent Purge movies to, to be to be relevant. <laughs> That's a good, that is a good comment though. Very good point. Well, you know, you, you are a dad, even if you are a bit of an older dad and, and, uh, <laughs> here and we so go. That, that's the perfect segue. It's time. Here we go. <laughs> All right. I, I tried to, uh, uh, do some research, some thought exercise on these dad jokes. And I, I pulled from the fact that outside my door now, there are a bunch of leaves that have fallen from the tree in our yard, as well as neighbors' trees. And uh, we live on the corner of our street, so all the leaves seem to blow right into our yard. And so these dad jokes are tree or fall related. Here we go. Robin, I'm going to address you because Andy always gives me a hard time. Let's see if I can nail it the first time. All right. What is the cutest of all seasons, Robin? You like cute things. What's the cutest of all seasons? Uh, fall. Very close. It's autumn. Ah! Autumn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Number two. Here we go. Quickly. What did the one autumn leaf say to another? He said, I'm falling for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, Drew, those those full jokes, you just need to leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, I do. Can I just share a few jokes that have been submitted to me via text from a regular listener, Doug? All right, you ready? All right, the, du- the Doug jokes of the week. <laughs> yeah, all right. Today's motivation, don't give up on your dreams. Sleep longer. <laughs> I saw an Apple store getting robbed. Police have detained me as an eyewitness. <laughs> that would t- See, I'm not going to lie, that yeah. one took me a second, but I get okay. it. Okay, <laughs> all right. No, but but seriously, um, I did get mugged by six dwarves last night. <laughs> oh, no. Just, just six. Just six. Not happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more dwarf joke. All right. The average height of a dwarf is three feet. Did you know that? It's a little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Doug. It is now time for your local update about things happening in your community. It is now time for Castleberry in the News. Breaking Castleberry in the News. Uh, this this is a really cool highlighting the, the things that are happening in Castleberry. Specifically, the city has offered something post-pandemic. Yeah, obviously, we've been living the past 18 months or so in the midst of a pandemic. Lots of impacts, both individually, personally, schools, you name it. But in the business community as a whole, and, and several businesses have had to close down as a result of uh, the pandemic and, and people not being able to get out and about. But the city is seeking to bring about some economic recovery, to bring some incentives to local businesses uh, by a offering grants for those who reach out regarding economic recovery, seeking economic recovery from all that's happened in this pandemic. Andy, do you want to flesh out for us some of what's happening there with Seminole County and Castleberry specifically reaching out to local businesses? Yeah, I mean, I love it. I was just talking with Dr. Coleman before we recorded that section about the the aftershock of the COVID. And it, it really does seem, again, we've said it before, that we're coming out of it. I hope 
this time is is correct. The numbers that are at an all time low, which is is wonderful, but there are going to be some reverberations as we we move away from that. And one is the effect that the pandemic has had on businesses. Some have closed, some are struggling, some have experienced loss, and we know that small businesses are at the heart of our community and a significant economic driver within communities. So I love the fact that the county and the city is saying, hey, look, we want to do what we can to use our resources to help small businesses come out of this and win and keep contributing to our society and to our community. So I just think that's a real wise decision. And I hope that uh, if any small businesses have been struggling or have struggled through the pandemic, that they will take advantage of this opportunity. There are some you know, responsibilities that come with the money and some things that you need to prove and, and show, but they're certainly not insurmountable hurdles, just things that will make sure the money yeah. is used in the right direction. So there's a website, uh, www.seminolecountyfloridagov backslash economic recovery. I encourage folks who are interested to go there. And if you qualify, please apply because our small businesses really are the backbone of our community uh, as they are our society. Well, that's what I was going to finish up. And for those of you who don't own a small business or this new story doesn't directly apply to you, well, it does indirectly. Go support local businesses, particularly in Castleberry. And now, Castleberry, a mental health break with Dulce Marita. Depression is tricky. If there is something that is known about depression is that it can take you down a dark tunnel. If something is bothering you, try writing it out on a paper and letting it all out in a way that is safe and controlled for you. Welcome back to the show, listeners. We have a very special guest today, a lady who is very involved in our local community, making a significant difference, is leading an institution that has been a pillar in our community for many, many years. And I am thrilled today to introduce and welcome you to one of my favorite principals, one of my favorite leaders, Dr. Mia Coleman. Mia, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I am happy to be here. And we are thrilled to have you. So uh, you and I know each other pretty well. I've known you for a while, but to introduce you to many of our community who may not know you and some of your students who will know you in a very different way. Let me kind of just start off with an icebreaker, okay? If your life were to be a movie, what genre of movie would it be? I would have to say a mystery slash drama. Oh, that sounds very intriguing. And what would the title of this movie be? The Mind Behind the Smile. Wow. Now I'm intrigued. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> that sounds like a good book, like a, like yeah. a movie, but a, yeah, definitely a, a catchy title of a book. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the kind of movie you want to watch on a damp night outside as you sat on the couch with a warm blanket or something. Now, which actress in this movie... The Mind Behind the Smile, which is rather profound. Which actress <laughs> would you like to play you? I always like Sanai Latham. Remind the listeners, if they're not aware, who uh, what she's been in before? She's been in a lot of different stories. Love and Basketball is what I think she... I'm old, so Love and Basketball. <laughs> was, was, was that a black and white movie, Mia? Because I don't No, know. not a black and white <laughs> movie. And then Out of Time with Denzel Washington. So she's oh, yes. been like a leading lady in a couple of mm-hmm. movies. I, I do know Denzel. <laughs> Denzel. Denzel and I... 
have got some connections. So you do, cool. your buddies, Andy. Your yeah. buddies. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go well, that far, but I mean, we're we're closer than some. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so next time, you know, if I speak to him again, I will mention that, and maybe they can get in touch, and she can star in the movie. That would be great. Yeah, do maybe it. we yeah, can make amazing. this happen. Maybe we'll love a love in basketball too, part two. There yeah, go, with Mia. <laughs> yeah, in the South Seminole gym. I love it. Be perfect. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Mia, Mia, you definitely have a, a great smile and and a sharp mind, and and really as the representative leader of South Seminole, being the principal, you you really are forward facing for many in our community. As the principal of the school, what what would you say constitutes a, a good day for you? I would say any day that I get to talk and listen to my students. We have like so many unique personalities at South Seminole and each student, they have their own little, their own gifts, their own little, their own little quirks. And of course, like any other middle school, no school is perfect. And we do have to readdress um, undesired behaviors, but I find comfort in that discussion that happens with those students when they make those choices. And I can see the trajectory and how they change in their path. It might not be that day, but down the line, you can see, you know, it's something that you can say to them that may impact them next week or next month. Or I've had students come back and tell me that it's made a difference. And something that a teacher or a dean or someone has said to them. So those are like those, those days that are just like amazing. When you see that aha moment click mm-hmm. in our students and being in those classrooms, is just like the icing on the cake just to see them in action. This year, lunch has become one of my favorite times because I'm making a conscious effort to always get out there and be there for lunch duty. And they're accustomed to me now, like taking pictures. And now they're always flocking to me, you know, take, can I take a picture with you? So just seeing, you know, that, that student life, those are good days because it's all about the kids. Those are those good days. I love that. Drew, Drew's favorite time of the day is lunch as well, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, I'm getting hungry. Just you talking about being on the, the lunchroom. That's, that's yeah. great, Mia, that you're so accessible to the students. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I love that because yeah. the higher you, you climb up the leadership ladder, Often, the more distance you get from those that you're serving and you're working with. So I love that your heart is is very much there. And and as we start to talk about the culture in the school, a lot of that is modeled by your interaction and engagement with the students and with the staff. And that's great. But you've, right. you've been at the school for, for 10 years. I thought it was yeah. seven and I'm realizing <laughs> how old I am too, that you've been there <laughs> 10 years. And over that time, the school has been through many changes, many significant developments. I mean, it's almost unrecognizable, but how would you describe the condition and culture of the school when you arrived those 10 years ago? I would say the culture and even the physical appearance of the school was more of just a traditional school setting. And what I've always heard is, you know, South Seminole you're the, is that well-kept secret is in the heart of a community. And I wanted to bring that to life because community is such an important piece of the success of our schools. And one of the things that I noticed as a leader is that the unique leadership course offerings we had that uh, because we were a magnet school was not accessible to all students. It was only accessible to the the honor students or the advanced placement students. And we were never going to change the culture unless that, you know, that was 
accessible to all students to learn those pieces. And the staff, although they were cohesive and they were a family-oriented staff, the partnership in the learning journey wasn't with the kids. It wasn't fluid throughout the campus. And, and that's the culture that I wanted to build on to make a difference. That's beautiful. So now as you reflect you know, forward to present day, 10 years into, <laughs> into serving, which is amazing. Mia, what would you say has, I like to think of it as where, where are your fingerprints? Like, where is it most evident if you were to walk away tomorrow that like, no, Mia Coleman was here and, uh, and she brought these things to the school? First thing I want to say that I had to realize that I couldn't work in a silo. So mm. I think one of the primary things about to the school would be that team mindset, that it takes every component, every member of the staff, every student on campus to really make the shift that we wanted to take. And one of the biggest things that we were able to accomplish was become a Franklin Covey Leader in Me demonstration school, being the first lighthouse school in middle school in the Mm -hmm. world. And that was a major accomplishment. I think through our tenure and through this model that we have really developed that student choice and voice, you know, really listening to students, you know, growing up, it would be, you know, a child doesn't speak when adults are speaking, but sometimes kids have some good things to say. And I think we, that's something that we really focus on is really empowering our students. And I think that piece is a legacy for us and with also requiring all of our students to do six hours of community service throughout the year has been something to instill in them, you know, that leaders serve, great leaders serve. They don't just receive. So I think those pieces will be concepts that can carry on with time, not just the cosmetics of the school, but just that piece of that culture being student-led. Yeah, I love that. That's huge. I mean, as I've seen that transformation take place, I mean, personally in my home, yeah. as, as my two kids <laughs> yeah. went through, yeah. just putting a value on leadership is so unique, but so important. And I can see that has been one of the transforming um, pieces. I, I will say, though, sometimes I wonder if you empowered my daughter too much because it does... <laughs> It does feel like she speaks to adults a little bit more than this adult would sometimes like, but that's another story for <laughs> for another day. But I, you know, Drew and I often talk about leadership, and I think some of the things that you're teaching at the school now are things that I wish I had learned when I was kind of 13 to, to 15, because you know you learn the hard way when you're growing up, and we're often slower learners as we get older, and so I'm just just thrilled by that. But let's talk about you and your leadership. So as a okay. leadership and law magnet school, right? We know that much of leadership is caught, not taught. And I think that's why it's so uh, wonderful that you're kind of hanging out on the playground at lunch and taking selfies and all that kind of stuff, because it allows people to catch what you have. But what would your, and and you'll be embarrassed to answer this, I know, and don't don't give me any of this kind of, you know, humility (laughs) stuff. It's a team thing, because it is, but we know you're a good leader. Um, (laughs) What would your colleagues say are some of the strengths of your leadership style? I really focus on building capacity and it's okay. that facilitative leadership, you know, cause it, you know, everyone can accomplish so much by themselves, but getting out of that mindset of it takes everyone, like, like I said before, so that facilitative leadership, you know, it's not about 
what's going to happen right now, but like the longevity of seeing the end in mind, that vision, mm. you know, and that's, that's where we are as a team. Mm. And if we build capacity, whether, you know, like 10 years is a long time. If I'm gone next year, we need to make sure that the things that we have put in place to support our students and empower our students stays there long after Mia is gone. And so that, that has been the focus of my leadership and will continue to be. Yeah. Follow-up question. Cause I think that's, that's profound. And it's certainly something that, that I wrestle with a lot because we all have the same amount of hours in a day. How do you increase capacity in your personal leadership? I mean, is, is there anything you do, any kind of personal habits that you do that, that kind of force you to think a little bit differently and increase your personal capacity? Yes. For me, because as you said, we're, as leaders, we automatically want to solve everything. So I think for me, have built my own capacity as a leader is learning how to step back and not always give the answers, even though I may know them, I could give advice <laughs> about where to go. And I'll just be quiet. And now my team even knows, like, they'll look at me and I'm go, okay, so what do you think we should do? So I think me <laughs> learning to take a, a step back has been a personal growth mm. for me and mm. how I've learned, you know, to be that type of leader. And that can be so hard. And I, I it, appreciate your <laughs> wisdom. And yeah, and speaking to that about being more <laughs> inclusive and facilitative, Mia, wanting to, to just highlight for our listeners, if they're unaware, uh, one of the things that is always significant in our county, especially within the school system, is is recognition of those who who do good work. And yeah, not too long ago, you were actually honored by our county yeah. as being the, the principal of the year in Seminole County. Uh, what, what did that award mean to you? And, and what um, maybe even since in the past couple of years have you taken from that honor moving ahead? I think that the biggest part of this honor was that it is um, voted on amongst your principal team, amongst our whole middle school principal team. And that's who submitted to our superintendent for principal of the year. And it was just humbling because I know everything that everyone is doing at their schools, all of us are doing amazing things. Uh, we have common goals, we're a team, and it's all about student achievement and learning. So for them to vote for me for that, meant more because they're in the trenches with me doing the same things. That That is indeed an honor and one very worthy. I'm going to talk to Superintendent Beeman about changing that to Superintendent, uh, to Principal of the Decade, put you up for that one as well, because you, oh. you've, now it's been 10 years, right? I mean, you've had a decade of leadership. It's, it's great. But perhaps what, one of the changes that went under the radar, which again was very, very significant, was a change that you led through uh, about two years ago in, in, in changing the name from South Seminole Middle School to South Seminole Academy. You know, that name has different connotations. It's a new start. And I know that the community is still kind of trying to get a hold of yeah. that and socialize mm -hmm. that further. But tell us about the whys and the what's and the, the, the thought and the impact behind this name change. I would say it, it, it really started initially, I will go back to when I first became a principal at South Seminole. And, you know, I think the first time I heard um, South Seminole for decades referred to as 
South sewer hole. I think, you know, it right. made me cringe. It made me cringe to hear that. And that name had been a part of the culture for generations from students, from the parents who had attended. And the parents that were, had, who now have students there were coming thinking that it was the same school that it was when they were in school. And, you know, as things change, you know, we have to adapt. And we wanted to let parents know that it's not the same South Seminole. Uh, we have many different focus. We have many different opportunities. We wanted to let them know about the leadership at South Seminole. So we just, we wanted to rebrand so that our students and families could see what our, our vision was, what really lived that vision, highlight the things that we have. The vision empowering our students to lead has always been our mantra. And we, we practice that every day. And we wanted the name to reflect that leadership. And I really wanted um, South Seminole Academy to be a place where students can be proud to say that this is where they go to school. That's excellent. So Mia, then as we move towards the closing of our conversation, what are you, as you, this is going to blow your mind as you enter your Uh second decade. (laughs) Second decade? (laughs) Of leadership. Mia, I think that's that's what old people do. They do second second decade stuff. (laughs) I know, I know. What are you hopeful for? What are you excited about regarding the next decade of of leadership and just the the school as a whole for, for South Seminole? One of the big things, we have a lot of things that are going on in the school right now as far as renovations and getting everything going. We have a whole new law room we rebuild. So we're going to be showcasing that and having a ribbon cutting. It really actually looks like a law room. We've renovated some leadership spaces and our new media center is going to be a collaborative center for our students. And then up and coming will be the gym and the cafeteria in the summer. So it's going to be a lot of cosmetic because the school, you know, is over 50 years. So we have some things that are going in place that are even highlight more of the unique spaces for that look. And then also continue to build on our leadership because that can't go away. And our students, you know, even when they make mistakes, I see more ownership of those respect, those mistakes now. So those are the things that we're looking forward ahead for cosmetically and just the further growth of their leadership skills. What an exciting time to be part of the school. What an exciting time to be in a community that has a school like this as well. And so so just as we, we kind of wrap up and let you go and uh, hang out with your student peeps, South Seminole Academy, you know, is very clearly a community school, right? As yeah. you said earlier, it's based right in the middle of the heart of our community. It's got a long history in the community. How can people and businesses in our community support the school as it looks to the future? I mean, you're a big part of us. What can the us do to to strengthen the, the school? For the past few years, we've really been trying to build a business advisory council. And that would be, it's pretty much to the forum, the Casper Forum that we have, mm-hmm. but also partnerships with our school, opportunities for speakers to really come into our leadership seminar classes that we have from the community now that that visitor ban is being lifted you know we hope to start (laughs) we hope to start getting more people in the schools i know we have um, people coming from the community wanting to run girl groups at our school and we're just excited that all that can get placed but 
just being present because I see, I know that the more opportunities that our students get to see what is actually available in our community, they will see more ways to partner and support our community as one unit. And school uniform donations are always welcome or any donations to support that initiative. One of the biggest things that our students have uniforms, we also supply school uniforms, but we didn't think about like the laundering. They may mm-hmm. not get an opportunity to launder other, every other week. So that mm-hmm. has become an issue. So we're just looking at ways to solve that. So any businesses out there that like to support those initiatives, please feel free to contact us. Absolutely. So in closing, Mia, how can people contact you? How can people find out more about the school? Tell us about your online and social presence. Yes, we are available. We have a Seminole County Public School website. So if you just go to the main Seminole County website and search us, South Seminole Academy, it'll take you right to our website. We're available also on Facebook and Instagram. And I have an amazing assistant principal, Ms. Cliffine Reed, Mm -hmm. and she is our magnet liaison with the community, also a member of our PTSA to really build that partnership. So she would be a contact. Her number is 407-746-1312. And we also have a magnet coordinator, um, facilitator, Miss Lucy Coker, who also arranges all of our tours where parents have additional questions. And her number is 407-746-1366. And of course, you can just call the school directly and ask for me. That's awesome. And it's it's so great that your team and you are so accessible as well. That's uh, another of those community building things. Mia, thank you so much for your time today. You know it's a busy day and we really appreciate you taking some time out to, to chat with us and with our community. But beyond that, thank you so much for your leadership. I mean, the school is a better school significantly than it was 10 years ago. But because of that, our community is a better community because of your leadership. And so uh, on behalf of Drew and I and many, many others in our community. Thanks for your your leadership and, and love for our school, our students, and our community. Thank you, Mia. Uh, we're so grateful for you. Drew, as we prepare to wrap up this action-packed episode, would you share with us some inspiration? Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Mia Coleman. This quote is from a a man known around the world. Uh, His name is Gandhi. And I think this quote really speaks to the days that we are all in. He says this, live as if you were to die tomorrow, learn as if you were to live forever. So there's a two-part quote there. First, live as if you were to die tomorrow. The reality is tomorrow is not promised. We are given uh, literally a mercy every day just by being able to wake up, put our feet on the floor and go about our business. We encourage you, listener, this is encouragement for me and Andy and Robin as well. Live with purpose, right? Live with intentionality. Live as if you were to die tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. The second half of Gandhi's quote, learn as if you were to live forever. Uh, For me, this reminds me to be humble, to recognize that I don't know everything, that I want to be a lifelong learner. And and so learn as if you were to live forever. Recognize that there's always new things to learn, to pick up, to glean. So put yourself in an environment, both through reading, through listening to awesome podcasts, through being around (laughs) wise, maybe older people, learn as if you were to live forever. Let me read the whole quote one more time. Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Thank you. 
Gandhi. All right. Thank you, Drew. Friends, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the What's Up Castleberry podcast, our casual conversation about our community. This podcast is produced by an incredible lady that we call producer Robin. For more information, would you please check out our website, Facebook page, Instagram, or podcast feed, all under the name What's Up Castleberry. Like and subscribe to our podcast. Please rate and review us. And please tell a friend today that you listen to the What's Up Castleberry podcast and you would like for them to listen to. Until next time, listener, we hope you have a great week.